0: hey i'm todd brown and i make these videos because i want you to rip on race day we had planned on having tom danielson on this week and he had committed to it knowing he was going into surgery but i think that the surgery is is so he got cancer in his this finger right here and they amputated it last week and then they did a bunch of surgery to bring so he doesn't have so he doesn't have a hole here basically but he's he told me he was experiencing quite a bit of pain so hopefully we'll get him on soon um so in that case on very short notice which i truly appreciate is my really good friend bryson perry and bryson and i go back a long time i'll tell you just a little bit of the highlights i know from bryson's racing career um he's a two-time leadville uh, 100 winner uh, he's a national Uh, marathon mountain bike championship champion and i'm sure there are some state championships in there um and so uh one of the other things that he's done is he's had a pretty good sized group of youth um training and racing and so with that short bio uh, i want to welcome my good friend bryson perry and uh bryson why don't you uh, leave out add to the add to what i left out and embellish a little bit
1: no thanks for uh thanks for having me on um yeah i've, I've known todd for probably 30 years now something along those lines close to anyways.
0: more than 20 i don't know if it's more 30 20 that's more than 20 yeah
1: for sure yeah which is crazy i can't believe it's been that much time but um yeah, been been racing bikes for a long time, uh, since I was 15 years old. So yeah, 30 years, basically. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you said it pretty much. I've done Leadville a bunch of times, uh, lots of mountain biking and road biking. And, and uh, now I'm kind of like focused on motorcycle racing still racing mountain bikes my my son's racing so i'm racing with him and trying not to get left in the dust by him which is that's my big priority now
0: <laughs> so bryson has set some um impressive goals over the years And um, before we get there i think one of the funniest stories of all times in my opinion <laughs> i think that the salt is i hope this isn't rubbing salt in the wound but i'm pretty sure, pretty sure it's not. And that is your first attempt at Leadville, um, and how that, how that race, how it is that you didn't win that race. <laughs> Could you share that story? You don't have to make it to that, yeah. but it's just so, so funny.
1: I, I, I wasn't married yet. Um, but my father-in-law to be, and my neighbor across the street, um, and my dad and a bunch of other people I think Peter Bidmar was there. I don't think you were there that year um I don't think you had done it yet but um we we all went out. Um, it was my first time doing Leadville, and I didn't really know what to expect you know having not done it before um and I I found myself kind of in the front group um had a crash so I was had to kind of chase back on and and I was, I had gone up Columbine up to the turnaround and was coming down the down the downhill I was in third place at that point um not too far back but and I came around a corner and and the leader and the second place rider were both stopped with one of them with a flat tire they were teammates um and my father-in-law that became my father-in-law my neighbor across the street were there pumping his tire pumping his tires up um when i came around the corner i'm like hey guys and, and they they saw me and they're like bryson and then they just dropped the pump in the wheel and they're like sorry dude you're on your own and <laughs> and yeah so so they were fixing his flat but um he he got it taken care of and they caught back up to me and we rode together and then i flatted like uh Eight miles or so from the finish, and uh, that was Kevin, the Kevin Wilson who ended up winning. Ended up winning because I because I flatted. So, oh man, anyways, I, he he would have beat me anyways. But it, it's funny to think about. Like, holy crap, my my best friends were fixing his flat tire until I came <laughs> around the corner. But. <laughs>
0: uh... it was fun uh so i i just i don't know that story just always gets me how <laughs> your father-in-law is fixing your how your competitors flat that's
1: just that's just a it, it story. was pretty funny yeah. it was, actually it was like you know i didn't i didn't have an expectation going into the race to be winning i just i just wanted to go do my best and so so for me i was like just stoked to be anywhere near the front and uh and then seeing my friends, like, fixing your flat, I was like, hey, guys. And and I didn't think anything of it, but they were like, oh, my gosh, that's Bryson. Like, how is he there? <laughs> they, they didn't expect me to be up there. So it's uh, such a good story. It's fun to that's beat great. expectations, I guess.
0: Uh,
1: Well, right. So um, then the next year you went back. Yeah, went back the next year and uh, and. Let's see. Try I gotta keep them all straight. Yeah. Okay. So the next year I went back and I attacked on the first climb up St. Kevins and I rode the whole race solo off the front. Oh wow. It was horrible. Really bad idea. But I won. But it worked. Not the way I would recommend ever doing a hundred mile mountain bike race. <laughs> uh That's but yeah. Yeah, so ended up winning the next year and, and actually won the next year after that, um, before losing the following year to Dave. So uh, Dave Wines. Wains. Yeah, yeah, ended up. In fact, earlier today I was watching old Grundig Grundig World Cup race footage with Miles on YouTube showing him, hey, Miles, this is what mountain biking was like when I was when I started racing. And he's just watching it like Oh my gosh, you guys couldn't you had to like walk up all the hills. You didn't, you didn't even ride stuff. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> it's pretty fun. Uh
0: well, that's a good segue into um the Ro- Roller team that you put together and yeah. managed for quite a while. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what drove it and and where what yeah. what's going on with that? Yeah, match? so
1: roller is uh it's a junior development team that uh A friend of mine and and I started. Um really it was he had a son who was was 16, going to be racing 17, 18 juniors, and was a very competitive rider, but was kind of new to racing the like national scene of mountain biking. And and they they like just needed help. They're like, hey, we need someone that can like help help us, you know of get rid of all the learning curve and just put us towards the front um so we're not having to figure everything out and figuring out uci points and all that stuff and and uh, so i just jumped in and started helping them it started out as i think we had eight or ten kids our first year and then that jumped to like 30 kids the next year and then it was like 150 kids the third year Uh and it was it became really big and then it got to where we were like, okay, how are we gonna actually and I didn't I didn't pay myself for anything to do it. I just volunteered and helped and it turned into a more than a full-time job. And so then it was like, okay, how how are we gonna make this work? And then COVID happened and and it kind of yeah, I would say it, it derailed us as far as like the program. This program still exists, but it's I don't really want to take it back to 150 rider program anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I I want to do it and I want to do it, mostly I want to do it with my son and and have him and, you know, five to 10 other kids, maybe, um, and just kind of top level competitors so a at a national level where we just go do all the national races and maybe participate in a couple other bigger endurance type races even though that's not like the norm for juniors um but i think it's also the the way that racing in the us is actually going to be heading anyways and so i think it's a good opportunity to teach kids about endurance and how how that's such a big part of the culture of mountain biking and also the direction that mountain biking is going i think that it'll help them to maybe have a chance to make a career out of it if they want So when you say
0: that, do you mean that just the, the elite teams will be smaller instead of so massive?
1: Well, that, that for sure, but also the, um, the direction is, is less the, the cross country UCI short or like XCO style racing, uh, and more races like Leadville, the Uh, lifetime grand prix series uh, you know the epic rides events things of that nature that i mean that's where there's if you want to money racing in the us you got to be competitive in those in those races and the bigger endurance races yeah interesting do you see
0: um usa cycling picking up that slack picking up on that train at all they seem to jump on a lot of movements or do you think that they are too far behind
1: um, is there anyone here that works at usa cycling no i think they're i think they're way behind the eight ball i okay. think they're i i think they're i mean i would love for them to to figure it out and be you know become relevant i yeah. think they are only surviving because they are the same thing body otherwise i think they wouldn't exist
0: this will be on youtube so
1: <laughs> so for everyone at usa cycling listen
0: we're pulling for you we hope yeah, you We want
1: it. you to be successful we just yeah. you got to you got to put something back into it
0: um now one of the goals that you have set is to race pro with miles yeah and so let's talk about that a little bit how old will you be when he turns pro
1: that is a that's a good question. Um, I mean, he's 14 now, but he's like 15 racing age. So, um, so he's got this year and three more years as a junior before he would, you know, officially turn pro, I guess. But he's, uh, I'm sure he'll race pro prior to that age. You know, being that age at a local level, um, at a national level, though, he'll still be racing as a junior uh, for the next three and a half years. So I, I got a, I got my work cut out for me for the next.
0: How old will do you be when he when he's eighteen?
1: I'll be forty eight. How yeah. many guys are racing pro at forty eight right now? Zero. Yeah, there's there's not, well, there. I mean, there might be some somewhere, but none in the U S at any, at any level, I guess. So. All right. Yeah, it's well, going to be hard. And I mean, he actually beat me at a race this past fall in a cyclocross race. First, like first time he beat me and he actually legitimately beat me. And that was a little devastating <laughs> <laughs> for my ego. Um, I got him the next week and then now now we talk trash all the time with, with each other which is actually really fun. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you guys have a healthy relationship. Yeah. So, one reason you're a little
0: bit slower on the bike. Bryson can just look at a bike for a few days and get faster. That's that's the level he's at. Um <laughs> so, one reason you're a little bit slower is you've gotten into uh motorcycle racing. I want to talk about um tell us a little bit the kind of racing that you're doing and then um we'll go back and talk about that story we that you told me about earlier today via text. Yeah,
1: yeah so um COVID hit in 2020. So 2019, I raced, I had my, my best year ever mountain bike racing. I was faster than I've ever been. I was 40 years old that year. And uh, I ended up for for when I was 18, I missed the world championship team selection um, as a junior. To go to Switzerland and race the World Championships, I missed it by a half of a half of a wheel length for Hmm. team selection in a sprint at at the race in in Washington, and um, and there's some political stuff that probably occurred, and I probably still should have gone, but at the same time, I I didn't go. And for twenty two years, effectively, um, I I tried. I tried to get selected for the world championship team. And then finally in 2020, I, I got selected to go race marathon world championships in Switzerland. And it was an amazing year, amazing season, um, awesome, awesome opportunity. I had my best, my best finish at Leadville as far as time goes. Um I, I earned more UCI points than I had ever earned by double in all previous years of racing. Um, and so anyways, it's my best, for sure my best year racing. And then COVID hit and I was, you know, planning on continuing, I guess. Um, but I was actually down there in in Temecula. In fact, I was supposed to come to your house like the next day. Um, That's an idiot. <laughs> and, uh, um, we were freaked out on COVID so we said don't come over yeah but we like so we're down there and like they canceled the race and like shut the world down we like went to Costco in California everyone in Costco like didn't even think anything of it they like like nothing was going on and back home in Utah like there were raids on the Costco so we were like stocking up at Costco in California and driving home with like eight hundred dollars worth of Flour and rice and beans and stuff <laughs> from from the Costco in California. Anyways, um, got home. the World was kind of shut down, and I just was like, you know, I am not gonna train for twenty whatever hours a week for for no race. Like I just I just am not interested in that. And so I started doing other things. So I started golfing again. Uh, I started. Riding my motorcycle again, and and I really enjoyed it. I was like, "Wow, this is this is really fun. I'm having I'm having a blast." And I started riding the moto more and more, and and I bought a new motorcycle that fall, and uh, and then had some family stuff that kind of made you know I'm honestly kind of struggled with some depression from from things that were happening with with kids and things of that nature. And uh, that kind of emphasized the motorcycle even more because it was like a place that I could go to to get a release from the rest of life. And uh, it was, <clears throat> it definitely saved me. Like it was a place where I could, I had to turn off. I had to turn off all the other stuff because we were, you know, I I was going fast on the motorcycle. Like I didn't want to die on the motorcycle. So um, I had to be focused on it and I couldn't think about all the other stuff. And when I rode my mountain bike, I kind of, you know, you're out, you're thinking about stuff. You're like, I could, I could think and process through all these other things, but I actually didn't want to have to deal with that. And so the moto kind of became that thing for me. And so two, so that was, really 2021 um that i kind of started getting a little bit more into the moto from a like actually trying to improve um and i did my first motorcycle race in in 21
0: so explain what kind of racing you're doing because there's a lot of a lot of yeah so
1: it's not like supercross or motocross um it's it's called hard enduro it's a of like a mixture of in riding enduro motorcycles like trail riding and trials riding mixed together into the same race um if you watch if you watch red bull tv um Erzberg rodeo or red bull red bull romaniacs um that that kind of racing so very hard really physical like red bull romaniacs is i think Five days of racing and it's like five ish hours a day. So it'd be like going and doing Breck Epic stage race on the mountain bike, except now motorcycles. You wouldn't think this, but motorcycles is so much more physically demanding than than, than the bike, which is crazy. But it is it is a whole different level. It's um, the kind of racing that you guys are doing. When you guys get a
0: chance, look up Romaniac. So <laughs> yeah. when you and I were riding motos years ago, I was considering about doing that. So they do things like find an old abandoned house and ride up to the third story and then jump out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that kind of stuff.
1: It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. crazy. So I've, I've really only done, let's see, I've done, let's take this out number. I've done five motorcycle races at this point in my life. Um the there's one called Silver Kings in in Kellogg, Idaho, one called Grinding Stone in Page, Arizona. I've done both of those twice and then uh King of the Motos, King of the Hammers, there in in Barstow. Um I did this year for the first time as well. So those are all of them but yeah, if you want to check it out, check out Grinding Stone, that's probably the best one to like Watch some videos on where you'll be. You'll be like, that looks just stupid.
0: Well, <laughs> let's put it in perspective. So, um, uh, today uh, I, I asked I asked you a question. I asked a lot of people a question of would they rather rip on race day or crush PRs? And you had a and you you sent me what you referred to as a novel, referring <laughs> to a trail that you tried a couple two years ago and then you did again today and just briefly let everybody know like what that trail is how long it took you the first time how long it took you today and then let's go back and apply that to um, how everybody on this call can apply that to their next a race because i think there's a lot of
1: uh, similarities and something can be applied there for sure okay so i'll just pull this up really quick so i don't make anything up so um okay so there's this there's a trail. Two two years ago, I was riding with some friends and, and we split off with one of my friends and, and went and into this Canyon. And I had seen a video of it. Um, The trail was called, it's called Punisher. And it's just, it's just really hard. And I wasn't really at that point, really riding the super techie stuff. And I didn't have much skill I mean I had some skill and I was willing to try it but I yeah anyways um we started up the trail and it it took us over two hours to go um about one mile Hmm. um and it's it's like 800 vertical feet in just under a mile like 0.9 miles um it just goes up ledge after ledge after ledge and just really steep loose hard rocky terrain and uh, and we got to these ledges they uh, to me they're cliffs um and i mean I, I was like i like how do you go up this i don't i mean uh, clearly someone has been up this before but i mean aside from just like ghost riding your bike up the cliff like how do you make it up that i don't even have any idea yeah, so we would like ride up to the edge and then one of us would get up on top of the cliff and we'd ride it up most of the way and the person would grab it and pull it up the rest of the way and we fight fight our way up to the top. And like I said, I don't exactly know the time. I know it was over 2 hours, it was closer to 3 hours, but I don't I don't exactly know how long it took. But um since that since that day, I finished that day and we got to the top and he's like and I was just totally gassed and he's like bryson i've never i've never ridden with you and seen you just gassed like this is so much fun to see you just totally <laughs> dying on the moto here at the top of this and i and i'm like man i don't know how you're not dying like i like i'm giving it everything i have just to make it up this and uh, he was laughing at me and and uh you know fast forward two years um over the last two years, I I entered a race later that year, um, kind of last second. And it was a really hard race. And it opened my eyes to this world of hard enduro motorcycling. And it made it so I was like, man, I need to go ride way harder stuff than I than I have been riding. And so I just started riding a lot harder stuff. And and this friend of mine, he he didn't. Uh he he kind of went one more time i think to go and do that trail and show a couple other buddies and they made it halfway up and turned around and and then they never they never went back i don't think and just called it good and they're like oh we'll just go ride high speed fast flowy fun trail and and for me i found a couple new friends that really were awesome riders with this hard enduro stuff and i just jumped in with them and had them, tried to learn from them and and uh, try and ride this harder stuff and so yesterday I called a friend of mine who who used to have the fastest time up this canyon up this Punisher Canyon and I asked him hey where do you where do you start your time and and where do you finish and and uh, he told me hey it's on a Strava segment so I actually just brought my garment and turned it on and and just went for it and uh, ended up Going way faster than I ever thought was possible. Um and the first time I, like I said, the first time I did it was probably two and a half ish hours. Um I th- I would have guessed at that, that day, um, that first day, I would have guessed that maybe the fastest time that like Graham Jarvis or Manny Letton Bickler or Mario Roman or one of those kind of guys, I would have guessed they could probably do it in like. 15, 20 minutes, something along those lines. So way faster than me, but um, um, we went and did it. And my friend and I, who I started riding with that year, uh, we both did it in just under seven minutes. Wow. Uh, So from, you know, we'll call it two hours, from two hours to to seven to six and a half minutes um, was, Totally mind blowing to me. I I just didn't even, I would have never thought it was possible to go to do it that fast. And I still have like tons of room to to grow and get better. Um but I thought about it a lot uh afterwards, like wow, like I would have never thought that, that was possible. One I, I thought about my friend who, you know, was a better writer than me. Two years ago, I still don't know. Like, I mean, it's still probably take him an hour and a half to ride up that trail. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I think it would make a big difference him having ridden it once or twice. I think he would he would actually be quite a bit better than he than he thinks. But you know, if you don't try, you won't ever know. And uh and so, anyways, yeah, it was pretty awesome experience to to get. I ended up being getting second on Strava. There's a, a pro from from England who now lives in Utah who has the who has the KOM on it he's racing Erzberg he's racing Romaniacs he's doing the whole the whole thing this year so that's kind of cool to be I'm like I'm like 45 seconds behind his time so now I have a new a new goal of trying to beat his 540 544 I think is his time so rush the PR Yep. Um, so you mentioned two things there (laughs)
0: And I was, so if you could tie it back to everybody that's on this call. So everybody here has got some sort of a race out there. And you mentioned two things, that you rode harder stuff and you found new friends. Yep. And so how, you've been in around the cycling world a lot, not everybody on this call is in an area that has good groups to ride with. And, and what what would you recommend well, how do you prep? How do you prep for Leadville, and and how do, how does that how does that fit in? Um,
1: yeah, um, I mean, like prepping for Leadville and and doing these these kind of races, it's kind of the same thing as far as finding people. Like, I I had to go find people that were doing those races, right? Like, I never would have done Leadville if it weren't for my father in law, my dad, my neighbor. These these friends that you know opened my eyes to their even existence of the Leadville race. Um same thing with the motorcycle racing. Like my brother called me and it's like, Hey, I got a spot, you should come do this race with me. I was like, Okay. And I went and had no idea what to expect. And all of a sudden, I'm like totally hooked to this new thing. Um but putting yourself around people that push you to be, to be better. That's the key. Like, you know, if, if you can find someone who is a better rider than you are, and you can go and ride with them all the time, you're going to get better through osmosis of being around that person, even better if they're a good person, not just a fast person. Um, because the thing that I've learned is, is also that, that, you know, these guys that I've chosen to to spend a lot of time with um we've we've had to help each other through hard times not on the bike and through through stuff that is you know just part of our life and those things can have just as much of an impact on your race day as your training so finding people that that are good people that make you a better person but also make you uh, stretch in the in the realm of your goal, um, I think are two key factors to being successful.
0: Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. It was super fun for me and I hope you got something out of it. I'm sure you did. Um, we're going to cut it off right here. The balance of the podcast is our question and answer and it's a special access thing for those that are participating in Rip on Race Day for Life. If you'd like to know more about ripping on Race Day for Life, Go to pedalindustries.com and click on race day ready and you'll see a drop down and you can learn a lot more about it there. Thanks again. We look forward to seeing you soon. Well, I look forward to hearing your comments and I hope you look forward to seeing me. All right. Make every day count and keep challenging yourself. Hey, everybody. These podcasts and vlogs are new for Pedal Industries. So if you're enjoying them, please like and subscribe and share with your friends. Thanks so much. Keep challenging yourself.